This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's Lady Loveless. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. What's up, Airheads? Welcome back to another stirring rendition of Putting On Airs. We're here in the virtual Airstream studios, but it's not just me. It's not just Joe. We got a very special guest this week. I'm sure everybody's real, real fired up for President's Day here in a couple of days. Everybody's favorite holiday of the year or among them. Obviously, we love to throw down President style. But with that in mind, we invited our friend over here, the uh, Ivy League dope smoking heathen and president lover extraordinaire, Mr. Travis Irvine, comedian, writer, director, raconteur. And, and raccoon tier. And Raccoon Tour, you're right. Yes, that's right. For the famous Killer Raccoons series, which me and Cho and Drew had a cameo in the second edition of. Anyway, Travis Irvine, everybody, if you've been in this universe for a while, you're familiar with Travis already. How you doing there, buddy? What's up, fellas? Happy President's Day. Who's pumped? Yeah, fired up. So, <laughs> but first of all, I will circle back to the presidents in a minute because uh, I wanted to ask a couple other questions first. But like, he, Genesis of this, this idea was you did my other podcast, Weekly Skews, and you started just going off on president stuff. And uh, I was like, how do you know all this president stuff? And you were like, I like president stuff. I always have liked president stuff. And I was like, can I interject real quick? This a person came on your political show and was talking about presidents and you were like jesus christ nerd which is no, hilarious no 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 dude no he's talking about like fucking james garfield or something yeah he right. wasn't talking about like trump's geopolitical policy or nothing right. like that like it, it was wild and uh and so i was like well you should come on poa and talk about that because i feel like presidents are fancy and president's day was coming up so that's what we decided to do but as we're sitting here to record this it's valentine's day as we're mm. recording this. So I was just wondering what y'all were doing on that front, if anything. Me and oh. Amber's Valentine's Day present to each other since we started dating is that we don't do anything for Valentine's Day. That hits. Yeah. And we're st- and everybody everybody that I tell that to, they're like, bro, you know she doesn't mean that. And I'm like, you clearly genuinely just don't know my wife because like that's... <laughs> That is like she doesn't have to get me shit. I don't have to get her shit. We went out to dinner last night, but it was because we had to go get an air fryer at Target and we just went to Longhorn 
because it's right there. Pretty nice little Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Travis, well, you're still over there bacheloring it up, right? Yeah, I got dumped over the phone last summer, so you know, uh, not uh, <laughs> that fun. Thanks for bringing it up. So I, you know, I, I yeah. plan on. Uh, yeah, thank you. Perfect. I will be listening to that song that you just played, Corey, over and over tonight while looking wistfully at all all the women that could have been uh, on Instagram, just looking at all their uh, new boyfriends and stuff. Those those are my big plans. <laughs> you gonna try to go out and find a lonely lady? There's some sad ladies out there too. Probably got dumped over their phones yeah. oh, recently. Sounds, you know what I mean? That sounds so sad. That sounds even sadder yeah. than what I was going to do. But sure, I'll give right, it a but try. If you're sad together, you know, if you're sad with someone else, maybe it's overall less sad. It as is opposed funny. To more sad. I'm not sure if sadness compounds or alleviates. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I usually feel better when I'm with another miserable son of a bitch. Cho feels yeah. that role for me pretty <laughs> regularly. Thank you. Yep. And it helps. So it is funny. Valentine's Day is that only day. It's like it can only be celebrated by like half of the people correctly. <clears throat> and then everyone else just gets to have a real sad time. What can you do? Yeah. Well, I used to, I used to be like, like what Cho was saying. I was all, like, I used to always, you know, being a cool guy about it. Like, look, this is just some, a fucking overly commercialized bullshit holiday that got made up by Hallmark for capitalist reasons. It's not real. It has nothing to do with love and that type of stuff. That's what I used to always say, and women always loved that. I thought that was super <laughs> rad. But uh, but I found out recently in recent years that that's not actually true. Um, I don't know why so many dudes think that. I guess because we're just like we just desperately want to hate Valentine's Day. But I did like a thing for my Patreon on Valentine's Day, not this year, like last year before. So I don't remember the details. But I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'll get to talk about how much bullshit valentine's day is right and i started Ooh. researching whatever and it was way less bullshit than i thought it was like it's been around in some capacity for longer than you think and uh so like definitely longer than hallmark it's it's been a thing uh, uh, yeah oh man well i just want to Travis, say congratulations <laughs> congratulations to both of you guys for finding your soulmates early on in your 20s and yeah. sticking with them for the rest of your lives uh congratulate you i'll be thinking about that later tonight myself yeah. All right. Well, so I can tell the yeah, all the love talk ain't really hitting for Travis, which you know makes sense. And since he's our guest and has to not torture is, him, let's go ahead. This is why I love. Ever- this is why I love President's Day. Uh, I, I get to love forty six uh, historical males all in one day. And uh, you know what's better than that? What's better than think about Millard Fillmore in February? You know. Sure. So how did you get into presidents in the first place? When you were a kid, you had them all like memorized, right? As like a small child or something like that. Like what, what made you dig presidents as a yeah. kid? I don't know. I was a history nerd. Second grade was, that was the year where they just, you know, they had all the presidents listed. You had all the faces on the wall or whatever. And uh, I just kind of started nerding out and I, I could memorize them backwards and forwards. And I could do that in second grade. And unfortunately, it is, you know, become a party trick that I can do in my adulthood, which is, you know, I think I did that at the very first festival I ever did with you guys uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, Dead Crow Comedy Festival or or Wilmington. What was that? That was a Cape Fear Comedy yeah. Festival. Cape they, Fear. Cape they Fear had a, a show yeah. where comedians could do their weird talents. And uh, that was mine. I did a Dead Crow Comedy Club was naming 10 presidents, ripping a shot of something and then doing the next 10 and then the next 10 and so on. Uh, so it's 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 gone from weird nerdy uh, thing a second grader does to a stupid drunken party trick an adult does. But do you do you like remember 
learning how to do it as a second grader or was it so far back you just always remember being able to do it? Like you no, sit in your room dedicating yourself to accomplishing this and then you've just maintained it for 30 years? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the initial list, like that's, I remember remembering like the list and then rallying off um, to try to show off for some some girls in second grade when I was just like, you know, they asked me to do it and then I did it and they were, yeah, I don't know, they were second grade impressed. I don't know if that really counts for anything in the long run. But then because I was a president nerd, then all the, every Christmas, every birthday, it was a president's book or, you know, flashcards about the president. So, you know, then my knowledge of all of these dudes just kind of compounded through, through the years. Are you glad that we didn't know what autism was back then or you know what I mean? <laughs> or do you like, do you think it would have worked for you if we did? I'm being serious. I mean, I have no idea. I, have, I mean, look, I have not been diagnosed yet, um, but uh, I, I don't think you are. I'm just saying I don't think you are because like because it's it's it is possible to just have weird fascinations. You know what I'm right. saying? But yeah. like nowadays, if you have a really weird fascination, people are going to just be like, oh, he's autistic. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if you have sure, a yeah. very specific hobby. Yeah. Back in the 90s, I was I was smart. I think everyone thought I was smart right. as opposed to. And now you're weird. autistic. Yeah, exactly. Thank Re God. Really? Because, see, I was similar, except back in the 90s, I was gay. Uh, yeah, right. So, right. Same yeah. thing. Now. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were yeah. in like a nice. Now I've been to where Travis grew up. He's in a nice, like, Jewish part of Columbus, Ohio, like a lovely little community there. So I'm sure there were a lot of uh, being smart there probably hit. But being smart in Clay County was gay as fuck in the 90s, dude. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. you know didn't change me i kept it up but uh i mean i'm dumb now but like back then still gay anyway travis you've teased it it's the very beginning i mean i feel like we should go ahead and have you do the thing won't you do the thing and then we'll talk more about presidents all right do you guys want me to start from uh, the beginning or do you want to start from current and go backwards is this naming all the presidents yes i think that's what trey is referring to right trey yeah yeah party trick yeah party trick all right, you want last Joe, names? Which way you want names? him to go? Yeah, backwards. I want you forwards. to go. I want you, you want to go. To... I want you to go from now backwards. That's what I want. Okay. Do you want me to stop and give any interesting facts about certain presidents, or you guys stop me? Yes, and... I do. Okay. All right. All right. I, yeah, I do. I want you to stop along the way and give interesting facts. Okay, we'll stop like every uh, ten presidents or so. We'll get through. If if hold on just a second. If I have an interesting fact, may I interject? Yes, yes, you may. Absolutely. In fact, I expect that. Trey, Everybody Trey has something. a vote, though, too. If he doesn't want me to, I won't. Okay. No, it's fine. Okay. On a tech, from a technical perspective, I think we might be dealing with a little bit of a delay or something here. So if you try to interject, if he's doing okay. a list. But if you think of something, hit it. It'll work itself out. Go ahead. All right, boys. Here we go. So Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan. So we're at 40 now, right? So fun fact about Ronald Reagan presidency. If you don't remember anything from the Ronald Reagan presidency, don't worry. Neither did he. All right. So we'll keep going from there. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, Richard Nixon, Lyndon Johnson, John F. Kennedy, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Harry Truman. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president for a long time, right? Elected four times. Mm -hmm. And then before him was Herbert mm -hmm. Hoover. And before Herbert Hoover was Calvin Coolidge. So now we're at 
number 30. We've counted down to the 30th president, Calvin Coolidge. Uh, there are no remarkable facts about Calvin Coolidge. He hated being president. He was like the only president who went back up to Vermont to spend the entire summer up there. He hated the job. And that's why he's the Koch brothers' favorite president, because he just hated it and didn't want right. to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Trump also, he didn't go to Vermont. He went the other direction. But he just like right. went to Mar-a-Lago and chill and tweeted and, and stuff. Admitted, so it's like, he was like, my life was so much better before this shit. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> right. you know. Kind of similar. So how did we get Calvin Coolidge? Of course, before him was an Ohio president, notoriously very bad, Warren G. Harding. That was the president. Before him was Woodrow uh -huh. Wilson. Before He's him, considered uh, like the worst, right? One of the worst, yeah. Yeah, and Warren G. Harding was the last Ohio president, and you're going to know why once I name these, rattle off these uh, next 10 or so presidents. There is, a, there is a strong time in American history where Ohio Republican presidents – were just the go-to thing. And Warren G. Harding was so bad that that ended that entire thing. So Warren G. Harding, before him, Woodrow Wilson, before him, William Taft, the fattest president, also from mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, he became president. He probably would just fit in at an Applebee's nowadays. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. but I always heard. I always, but I always heard he got like stuck in a bathtub or some shit. But their bathtubs was tiny. I, I, I'm saying like. You're right. If he was at an Applebee's in Des Moines or whatever, I don't think anybody would bat an eye at his fatness. But I still think he was like legit fat, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was just like 1800s fat or whatever. I think he was like he was. Big, James Madison was five four and a hundred pounds. Wait, we haven't got to James Madison yet. That just came out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to compare. Sorry. You're absolutely right. Fun fact: William Howard Taft yeah. actually got stuck in that bathtub at an Applebee's. So there you go. That's kind of how that went. <laughs> so, all right. So before Taft, uh, he was good friends with the president before him, Theodore Roosevelt, another very good president. But he only became president because another Ohio Almost. president before him was William McKinley, another Ohio president who was assassinated, by the way. Before William McKinley, there was Grover, yeah. Cleve Grover Cleveland. And then before him was another forgettable Ohio president named Benjamin Harrison. And then before Benjamin Harrison, it was Grover Cleveland. So Grover Cleveland, this is what mm -hmm. Donald Trump's trying to say that he's going to do. Oh. Grover Cleveland's the only right. president to ever do that was serve one term, get beaten for a term, and then came yeah. back and served a second term. Is he is he counted twice because of that? Yes, like, he is because is he, he was numbers. Yep, yeah, because we're not consecutive terms, and there's that again that very forgettable right. president Benjamin Harrison right in between them. Again, another Ohio Republican. And before Grover Cleveland was Chester A. Arthur, a very forgettable uh, New York president who only became president. Not if you like Die Hard with a Vengeance, he's not forgettable. You guys have Die Hard right. with a Vengeance. That's Chester right. has, a, has a pretty big plot point in that movie. And for that reason, I always remember Chester A. Arthur, the truck driver that they run into in the sewer system, the big tunnel system. The yeah. truck driver is like Travis. It's funny. There's like an autistic truck driver who's real sweet and hits for everybody. And his thing is he knows all this president stuff. And John McClane is like, what the fuck? How you know that? And, you know, and he, he solves the riddle for him and tells him it's Chester A. Arthur. Anyway, that's my contribution. Love that movie. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually auditioned for that truck driver role at the age of uh, 11. I was, uh, believe that's yeah. how old I was. <laughs> so, but Chester A. Arthur, that truck driver and myself, and nobody would ever know about Chester A. Arthur. He was just the vice president to another Ohio Republican president who got assassinated. That was the nation's 20th president. He hated Mondays. He loved lasagna. He was assassinated. James Garfield, everybody. That was that very <laughs> yeah. forgettable 
Ohio Republican president. But that puts us at 20. Before him, another forgettable Ohio Republican president. Number 19, Rutherford B. Hayes. Before him, what a another piece of shit. Exactly. I mean, who the hell are these guys and how do they get there? Actually, Hayes. Rutherford. Yeah, Rutherford and everything that happened on January 6, 2021, by the way, the historical uh, precedent that Ted Cruz was trying to set actually happened in the, after the 1876 election. And, and that is that southern states actually submitted uh, alternate slates of electors because they were saying that the Democrat, that the southern states wanted to win for, you know, because it was post-Civil War and they wanted the Democrats to be in charge. A man named Samuel Tilden. Him and Rutherford B. Hayes actually tied in electoral uh, college votes. And so that election in 1876 had to go to a special commission in Congress in 1877. That's what Ted Cruz and all those guys are trying to do in January 6, 2021. Obviously, it did not work, but they all pointed to that famous 1876 election where Rutherford B. Hayes was made president. Can I, can I interject one more time just to point out, like, for some context here of just, like, how— our country is so goddamn young, man. <laughs> like we're mm-hmm. already, you know what I mean? Like we're already back to 20 and it's like, I mean, we only got 20 to go. And like, I mean, I still remember some of these fools. Like my, my granny remembers some of these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, like, right. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 1876 was our 19th president, Rutherford B. Hayes before him, Ulysses S. Grant. Now that was a good Ohio Republican president. Because he had just won the Civil War as the main general, and that was his flaw. He loved going on weekend benders. They would just kind of shut down and be like, oh, the president's going on vacation, and he would go get hammered. But, you know, it's because he went and won the Civil War. I believe he drank during the week, too. Didn't he get... Didn't he get like the first DUI in Washington D.C., which is yeah. just predates cars? Obviously, he got a DUI on a horse or in a horse and buggy or something like that, which is yes. like that's really doing it again. And they barely even, bro. You could drive drunk in the 1970s, right, or the 80s in Salina, or hell, even yeah. when I was a kid. I'm so I'm saying like Andrew Jackson for driving people. drunk, right? Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, right. To get arrested for driving drunk that far back, pre cars, and when kids drank ale all goddamn day and worked in mines and stuff is like that's pretty impressive level of drunk. Ulysses says. to so still to- be on the horse. Right. To be that yes. drunk and still hit at the job for people is also he must be one of the highest functioning alcoholics of all time. Also, Travis, you said that Warren G. Harding ended Ohio's. Everybody was like, well, no more Ohio presidents. We ain't even got to any of Tennessee's three presidents yet. That's how far back uh, we, you know, <laughs> Tennessee had three uh, and didn't even make it out of the teens because right. I mean, only one of them is famous and he's pretty divisive we'll get to him soon so yeah go ahead. well actually yeah right before he listens us grant the whole reason they trusted grant to become president even though yes he did a great job of riding his horse around dc drunk all the time uh before him tennessee president was so bad andrew johnson of course yep was, he was nice. made lincoln's uh, vice president in the 1864 election as a way to try to unite the country again and of course right. after lincoln Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president, was assassinated. Andrew Johnson did such a bad job, historically corrupt, uh, impeached by the House, not by the Senate. First president in history to have that honor. Um, Yeah, that that was a bad – that was your last Tennessee president right there, Andrew Johnson. Yep. Big piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before him, Abraham Lincoln, obviously – uh, with the newly formed third political party called the Republican Party. They were were at that time about – 
expanding people's rights. So I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, but before and that I party remember, has remained the same. That yep. party has not changed. It not is exactly the same as it is now. And I will hear nothing to the contrary. Thank party. you. Same with the Democrats. They haven't changed either. They loved slavery back then. They're evil today. Nothing's changed. You know, <laughs> nothing's and changed. Yeah. Republicans party of heroes. Abraham Lincoln, baby. You party know, of Lincoln. What more needs to be said? We can we can ignore 150 yeah. years of context. No problem. Anyway, no keep going, problem. Travis. Yeah, dude. Party of Lincoln was created with Lincoln. And of course, we'll just rattle off the, the, the first 15 here going backwards because these guys are pretty forgettable, pretty bad. But here we go. James Buchanan, from Pennsylvania, president before Abraham Lincoln. Franklin Pierce, 14th president from New Hampshire. Stop. Forgettable. Oh, stop with Franklin Pierce because I actually have something on Pierce. Oh, um, you got dirt? You Franklin got dirt Pierce, Pierce, this is my fun. I've got dirt. I've got dirt. Um, because this is, uh, and I would like to shout out, you're all familiar with, uh, comedian, actor, Robert Wool, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Robert yeah. Wool, for those of you, what's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, for those of you that need more context, he was in Bull Durham, uh, uh Batman. Batman, um, Good he, Morning Vietnam. One, one of the, yes. Good Morning Vietnam, I just he, watched that dude, movie. He had a fucking huge run there in the eighties. I think one of the biggest tragedies is that he had a show that ran two episodes on HBO and it was a it was a historical comedy show. And mm -hmm. these two episodes was one of my favorite shows ever. It was called Assume the Position. It was tremendous. And on it, Robert Wool was basically a comedy professor. Right. And he would go up there and give these lectures. He would write a syllabus. He would do basically what I try to do on this show, except for it was way better, you know, and he had the budget of HBO. And uh, I would, I mean, it's, it's, I would love to do this job. I would love for them to bring, I would love for them to give him the show back, but if they couldn't give it to me. And this is where I learned this. So he, the whole premise of the show was that he would assume the position of things. And so he would, he was talking about, the uh, presidential election of whenever this was with Franklin Pierce. And he was talking about the fact that, and this show aired like at the beginning of American Idol and stuff. And he was talking about how we look at things now as like, oh, the presidential election now is more of a popularity co contest. And he was assuming the position that it's never not been that. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. He was talking about how, like, we look at things like they've changed, but things have always been this way. And he was talking about Franklin Pierce, who is one of the biggest dipshit motherfucking presidents we've ever had, who also, by the way, got a DUI on a horse. Um, He did. And he was talking about how he was one of the most unqualified presidential candidates they've ever had. I can't remember who it is he ran against. Travis, do you have that information? Do you remember? If you don't, it's fine. I'll I'll, I'll look it up real quick and then pretend like I knew. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But anyways, there's no way that this guy is going to win. There's absolutely no way. He's not qualified. He's a fucking moron. Except for this guy had a college roommate that decided around the time that Franklin Pierce was running for president that he would write a biography on him and release it during his campaign. And that writer that he was roommates with was one Nathaniel Hawthorne, who who was at the time the most popular writer in the world. And there you go. Franklin Pierce wins hands down, no question, because that was the media at the time. You know what I'm saying? And so... You know, Robert Wool posits that like it was always a popularity contest. But then Franklin Pierce gets into office. He's absolutely fucking horrible, runs the country into the ground because turns out just because Nathaniel Hawthorne is your roommate doesn't mean you're going to be a good leader. And guess what? Uh, President George W. Bush, direct descendant of Franklin Pierce. Whoa. Woo. Pretty wild. Small club and you ain't in it. Right, uh, and I'll just add that uh, Winfield Scott, the the celebrated uh, uh, U.S. Mexico War general Winfield Scott, was the the Whig candidate who ran against the Democrat candidate Franklin Pierce, and Franklin Pierce kicked his ass in the eighteen fifty two election. Yeah. Holy no shit. moly, that is a <laughs> drubbing right there. Woo, Nathaniel Hawthorne, the Joe Rogan of his time. Thanks. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, I'll just unpack the rest from there because that was great. I I honestly haven't learned that much about Franklin Pierce since I probably had one of my little presidential books. Nobody has. Second grade. Yeah. So that is exciting. That was 1852. Of course, here's the thing is that uh, Franklin Pierce was taken over for another disgraced Whig candidate named Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore only became the 13th Mm, American president because he was vice president for another Whig candidate, a general named Zachary Taylor, who was also a U.S.-Mexico war hero, basically, coming out of the 1840s. And the Whigs ran him, and then he died in office because he was another old general, and uh, and Millard Fillmore became president. Fun fact about Millard Fillmore is the Whigs, and people have said this about the, the current Republican Party, but as the Whig Party started to fall apart in the 1850s, it went towards the free soil abolitionist Republican. Like half of them went to that uh, that movement of, of abolishing slavery. 
And then the other half of them went to the complete opposite and they created something called the Know Nothing Party, which was a racist, anti-Semitic, anti-Masonic, just anti-immigrant. I mean, they were sheriff riots, um, you know, riots, kind of like Wild name for a- Yeah, but right. it kind of fits the- that whole it thing. Does. Just, you, know, the, you know what I mean? It's like they tell you right up. We don't know shit. Jesus, yeah. suck, black suck. Got, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of kind of makes sense yeah. in that context, I feel like. Anyway. That was the idea. They were they redeemed the Know Nothing Party because they were so awful on so many issues that when asked about their stances, they're like, hey, I don't know nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how bad they were. So so Miller Fillmore took the, the racist tract in the, in the 1850s, but he only took over for Zachary Taylor. And before Zachary Taylor was another Tennessee president, James Polk. Uh, you might know him from yep, the old term Man- yep. Manifest Destiny, which is what he used as um, an excuse, a divine excuse to expand westward. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, baby. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go, always ready to get down, always ready to throw some of that meat? Now <laughs> now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed and be right back in those days before you know it. Listen up, Blue Chew dot com blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra cialis and levitra but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost you can take them anytime day or night so you can plan ahead to get down or just be ready to get down whenever an opportunity comes up the process is simple sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part, it's all done down there on the internet there, which means no more visits to the doctor's office, no more awkward wiener conversations, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy running into your old high school football coach or none of that stuff. Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. Prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Cho, tell them more. Well, one of my least favorite conversations of all time is wiener conversations with my pharmacist and with Blue Chew. I don't have to have them. Uh, my fa- my wife's favorite time of the month and mine is when that little white envelope shows up because she knows that it's about to go down. Backs are getting blued out, my friend. Uh, that's right, my friend at Blue Chew. We've been uh, we've had a nice little partnership for about six or seven years. Hey, look, I don't always need it, but sometimes when it's a special occasion. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, do you like your wiener? Well, you'd like your wiener more if you had a little blue chew. I promise. Does it work? I promise you. All right. It does. Best sex of your life with blue chew men everywhere are excited to see the postman just like you, boy. Uh, blue chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew for free. That's not, uh, I didn't say nothing wrong there. It's absolutely free. When you use our promo code POA at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code POA to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and giving us a hard wiener. 2024 is here in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, y'all. It is never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is the time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code POA for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on 
your balls. Trey, can I ask you something? Sure. What was the highlight of 2023 for you, and what are you looking forward to in 2024? It ending and the same. I'm kidding. It was fine. Uh, now, you know, not football season, I'll tell you that much, but to be right. uh, positive, I'd say, I guess, our book coming out, that happened in 2023. That did hit. That, did hit. that was a bit of a highlight. I had some uh, some hitting shows on the road, sold out a theater in Frederick, Maryland, which I didn't even know was a place until I went there. So that was lovely. So, you know, I had some good times and I'm looking forward to more in 2024. Uh, not so much the election or none of that stuff, but just, you know, hopefully on a personal level, I'm looking forward to keeping the ball rolling and trying to hit this year. Uh, trying to also, one thing I'm going to try to do is try to keep this bush in check. Let me tell you that much. You talk, it's some mean Bring the bush down back, there, maybe? I don't know about that. I might, you know, depends on how much of this butt rock I keep listening to, but, uh, but yeah, I got to do something down here. There's like, there's, there's old big mustached Englishmen in pith helmets hacking away with machetes down here looking for Dr. Livingston or the city of El Dorado or something. That's what I got going on. And I need to do something. There's a about lady it. chained to a train in your cry. Yeah. <laughs> Gigantic <laughs> monkey coming through the <laughs> through the pubic hair while she screams while hooked to a massive gate. Anyway, Having said all that, introducing the MVP of 2024, Manscaped's fifth-generation lawnmower. It's not just a trimmer. It's your grooming sidekick, equipped with two skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like having a personal stylist at your fingertips or, you know, wherever you need it. Did we mention it's waterproof? Because a trim in the shower is the only way to start the day. And for my boys out there who want the full grooming experience, look no further than Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. In this grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, and essential aftercare products with the Crop Soother Ball Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Yeah, it's deodorant for your balls. Bet you didn't think you needed that, or maybe you did, because we all know how balls can be sometimes. As a gesture for the new year, they even threw in two free gifts. The Boxers 2.0, I'm wearing mine right now. not just saying that I ain't going to show you, but I am wearing them. And the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag, because they know good and well you're still rocking the Boxers from high school. Let's face it, resolutions might come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay. Thanks to Manscaped. So here's what you do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code POA at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. That's manscaped.com and use the code POA. Okay, so tell me, I've done his theater, which hit. Uh, I assume that he's not as terrible as Old Hickory. I mean, that's debatable. Well, look, listen, it is debatable because that's what I was, when I said we had one, well, we only got one who's famous and he's divisive when it got to him. Yeah, but it's Andrew Jackson. I mean, you know, depending on your temperament and, uh, and how oh, he hits for a lot of philosophies people. and stuff. Some people think he's one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. Right. If you care yeah. about wanton genocide and things of that nature, you might feel a little differently, but you know, it's a debate. The man is still on our $20 right. bill, you know, and that super don't hit for a lot of people. But anyway, so yeah, I don't think that Andrew Johnson was horrible. First president to ever be impeached. I don't think that James K. Polk was, you know, he ain't on the level of Andrew Jackson in either legacy, evil, or lunacy. I mean, right, Travis? I mean, Andrew Jackson, fucking crazy as a shithouse rat on top of everything else. But I guess we're right. getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't even got to well, him yet. 
Right. Well, Andrew Johnson, you know, it's interesting. You got two presidents from Tennessee, both named Andrew J, which I guess checks out probably. I mean, you guys would know better than I would. But Johnson was, you know, he knew he was corrupt. And obviously Jackson we'll get to here in a second. But like like uh, Corey said, a general who uh, led, you know, the Trail of Tears, that was Andrew Jackson. But then he also like, yeah, he killed a guy in a duel. So, you know, James Polk comes off pretty good comparatively to your other Tennessee presidents. But again, he was the dude who did manifest destiny, created the domestic policy of going westward and basically telling the Indians, Native Americans to just be like, you know, we're coming. It's 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 in the book. It's in the Bible we wrote. Well, with Johnson, there was also that, um, you know, there was that rumor of his affair with the lady that was supposedly involved in the conspiracy to shoot Lincoln, that actress woman who, you know, they found the letters like in his room of her trying to sneak out to see him like a day before Lincoln gets shot or whatever and him covering all this shit up or whatever. So like he was not only someone who it's, it's so wild because you know, like when it, like Mike Pence and Donald Trump obviously didn't agree on everything, but it seemed like the big tent poles of the platform they agreed on. Whereas like Andrew Johnson and Abraham Lincoln were complete opposites in basically everything, which like back in those days. That was kind of normal. Yeah. Like a lot of times they would be like, I'm a Republican. I'm going to get a Democratic vice president because this is the way to, you know, yeah. really unify the nation and shit. Yeah, that right. used to happen all the time. Presidents and their and their vice presidents back then usually didn't hit for each other. They'd be right. like, they'd have just crazy. Fight. Yeah, it is wild. to, have, But I mean, yeah, that used to be the norm. Like you said, I mean, fucking Andrew Jackson again, him and John C. Calhoun. Really did not get along. They uh, shot each other, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know, Travis. They shoot each other. They definitely hated each other for sure. I know, again, he we're shot somebody. Why well, Andrew yeah. Jackson shot a bunch of people, and I'm sure Calhoun did also. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure they threatened to shoot each other all the goddamn Shooting time. people hit for Andrew Jackson. It did, yeah. Beating <laughs> the shit out of him with a cane hit for him too. Indians did not hit for him. Indians did not hit for him. Teaching his bird to cuss, that hit for him. But uh, he, uh, Travis, I know. Okay, where are we in the list right now? What number? Well, well, we got 10 left to go backwards so we can get through those guys and then we can really jump into everything if that works for you guys. So we, we talked James Polk. He's your 11th president, right? Before him was a Whig named John Tyler. Some fun facts about John Tyler is he also became president because his he was vice president to a president who died. And he was actually the first, the first vice president to become president because the president died. That was the ninth president, William Henry Harrison. Another, the very original. Hold on, Ohio. hold on, Travis. We can't, we can't bring up John Tyler and not mention one of the craziest goddamn uh, yes. presidential facts in all. I know of them, it is, as far as I'm to- concerned, which is that you, John Tyler, John Tyler, you say he's the tenth U.S. president. This motherfucker is like five, six before Abraham Lincoln, dog. Mm -hmm. Like we are way back now, but to Corey's point about how young our country is, John Tyler has, I don't know if they both still around, but up until very recently, John Tyler had two living grandsons, not not great grandsons, not great, great grandsons. Yes. Two dudes whose papa was John Tyler. These motherfuckers, 
have been alive. If they've died, they've died in the past year or so. Like the last I knew, they were still alive. They're in their nineties, but like, yeah, that's crazy. That's completely fucking insane. Like, there's still one more. As far as I know, still one more alive, and that's because John Tyler had sixteen children. He kept John Tyler like he fucked. That's the main thing you got to know about he John sure Tyler, tenth president. He fucked sixteen kids, and he kept having them as he got older too. And that is how, yes, we he still has a living grandson today. It, it is crazy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Keep going. No, no, that that is good because John Tyler. That is the the interesting fact about him. He loved the fuck, and he was also technically our first independent president. He was recruited by the Whig Party to be the vice president for William Henry Harrison. But then, when he became president, he didn't do anything the Whig Party wanted him to do. So that was, you know, he was kind of like that first, like ah, I don't really like the Democrats or the Whigs independent president but he only became president because william henry harrison was recruited by the Whigs, and he was another old general this is like the Whigs thing back in the 1800s get an old general and william henry harrison the, the the reports go is that he was determined to make a long inaugural speech he was the oldest president ever elected at that time at 69 years old nice and he made such a long speech on a rainy inaugural day that he got sick from it and died within 30 days so that was like the first Ohio president yeah. I, right there. Short and sweet. I hate to go backwards, um, but regarding John Tyler, I just got to say, God should not have made our cum be able to do that. Right. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Because like, he, he had his youngest kid or whatever when he was like fucking pushing eight. Well, he died in his late 70s, I think. So he was like old. He was old as fuck. And then that kid he had, that kid's. When he was old as fuck, and now those kids are currently old as fuck, right? And that's how you get that happening. Because you know, yeah. De Niro just did that. Yeah, dude, Mick Jagger too. Like fucking Al Pacino, and like uh, there's probably more of them. Al Pacino, yeah, naturally. and like they can't. It, if it ain't dude, like it ain't right. I don't care. And how I know. And hit. listen, I love De Niro. I love De Niro. And as far as like acting goes, I would every every head must bow, every tongue must profess, and is. Everything I read about the dude, he seems like he's awesome. And then you'll see all the people say, well, like, dude, you know, like he's got a lot of money. He, they're going to be taken care, taken care of. And I hate to be like, get this way right now. But like, as a father, like, but they're not going to have their daddy. Like, fuck that. Like, like, right. you, so like, you're just going to have a kid that's just going to be out in the world that like you just staple $3 million to their chest. And that's supposed to make it right. Like, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think that if your dad is like a certified first ballot Hall of Fame legend, it might, might be different. At least a little bit, I would yeah, think. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, fair. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because yeah. I, I went to school with a guy whose dad was like a 68-year-old doctor when he was born. So like, yeah, we were like in, Theo's dad. We were, we were, yeah, like Theo's dad. When we were in like second and third grade. It was wild, dude. I mean, his dad yeah, was old yeah, like that. fuck. Like, you know, his dad come pick him up from school and shit. Everybody be like, "Who's great grandpa is that?" You know, and it <laughs> yeah. was like, also, dude, also. So I went to school with that kid. His older, his dad was so old. That kid's older sister was my dad's high school girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, fucking. Weird. And you know, who the fuck are we to say what is right and what is wrong? It's just weird and wild as fuck. <laughs> yeah, Agreed. Dude. Anyway, does dad or grandpa? Sorry, I'm not gonna lie. I'm ready to get to Andrew Jackson because I have yeah, more, more to say. More, right. more questions. Hey, we're we're right there. We're right <laughs> we're there, close, boys. Right? 
Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. I no, had before, to talk about old men's cum. I apologize. Hey, and you know, if you can't talk about old man's cum on President's Day, when can you talk about old man's cum? This is the day to do it. Yeah, sure. So, all right. So before William Henry Harrison was a guy named Martin Van Buren. In terms of fanciest presidents, he was the, the fanciest uh, right at here. that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Number eight. There it is from the Seinfeld episode, the Van Buren boys. The Van Buren boys. Absolutely. But. You know, when he ran for president, the charge against him was that he was an elite uh, New York rich guy, born with a silver spoon in his mouth, as they say. And, of course, he was our eighth president. He took over for your boy, Andrew Jackson. What a wild man. How about we just get through the <laughs> yeah. rest of the guys first, and then we can come back and, and you know, get in Andrew yep, Jackson or any other that. guys you want. Because before Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson, again, was like Tennessee – before that, all your presidents were just from uh, Virginia or Massachusetts. I'm going to rattle them all off for you right now. Number six, John Quincy Adams, son of another president. He's from Massachusetts. Before him, James Monroe from Virginia. Before him, James Madison, father of the Constitution. Number four, from Virginia. Before him, Thomas Jefferson, uh, author of the Declaration of Independence from Virginia. Before him, John Adams from Massachusetts. John Adams, a very fascinating figure, too. You know, he he was the guy, he he hated slavery, but he also, he was the one who defended the British soldiers in the Boston Massacre because he thought they deserved a lawyer. So that he was Adams. like... Adams is yeah. great. Adams, when Adams lost to Thomas, uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? Because just like you guys were saying earlier, when the country first started, it'd be the, the guy who gets first place as president, the guy who gets second place gets vice president. So John Adams was president while Thomas Jefferson and they hated each other. Thomas Jefferson um, was his vice president. Once Jefferson became president, they kind of changed that where you kind of had your political parties get formed and they stopped making, you know, the, the guy gets second place vice president. But when John Adams lost to Jefferson, King George III himself said, Let's watch what Adams does. He thought Adams would never just leave the White House quietly and go back home. He thought Adams would cling to power, putting us for the first time in a real constitutional crisis, which honestly we didn't have again until 1876 or 2021. And instead, John Adams peacefully went back to his Massachusetts home. He wanted to farm. He won that farm. And by the end of their lives, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams became good friends again. And they actually both died on the same day, July 4th. 1826 july 4th baby yep yep 50 years after they both signed the declaration it almost doesn't seem it almost doesn't seem real like it's so fucking storybook what adams did when he defended those the the british people when literally no one else in like no other lawyer would take their case Mm -hmm. because you know we're going through the revolution and I don't, I don't know if, you know, a lot, a lot of people know the story or whatever. We're going through the revolution and these British people come in and like they're, you know, uh, uh, charged with war crimes for killing Americans during this, you know, massacre or whatever. And everyone's giving him shit. Like, why are you defending these people? And he's like, because this is fucking America. And they this is the most American thing I do can do is to give them a fair trial. Like if we yeah. don't give them a fair trial, then what the fuck is it that we're even trying to create here? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it's fucking gangster as shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was so uh, pure to his principles and the ideas that, that he embodied that, yeah, not only the Boston Massacre defending the British soldiers, but again, being the first president to lose his reelection. And he just he left. He said, this has to continue. This is bigger than me. So and before him, obviously, it was a, and the married first Laura Lenny. 
Yes, and they had a beautiful relationship, and they made at least one baby president eventually. And then uh, we'll, we'll just get to yep. the first guy, the first president, George Washington, some asshole. I don't know. I don't know much about him, but uh, mm -hmm. he was number one. Well, there we go. Right. His teeth were not wooden. They were slave teeth. Yeah, I yeah. heard about that. I don't, think, I don't know about that cherry tree shit either, but... Uh, didn't happen. But uh, George Washington, I was reading recently, not that I've... This hadn't... This gets brought up every now and then, but it's just wild to think about how, like, also it's sort of what you were saying about John Adams and losing Thomas Jefferson, how tenuous this whole American experiment was in the early going zone. Like, yeah, weren't the first sure thing at all. And it really landed on the right people being in the right place. But it's like throughout the rest of history, revolutions happen and revolutions get led by somebody almost always a military leader because that's what it takes to win a revolution mm. and generally speaking throughout history whoever that is that leads the revolution in a military capacity they just seize power and of course don't, and don't give it back and that and that's and that's what happens it happens all the fucking time and that's like the general rule so like the fact that george washington was not that and was the opposite of that didn't even want to do it or whatever yeah. is like the most crucial element of the nascent stages of this flawed republic of ours. But <laughs> yeah. going back to Andrew Jackson for a second, uh, Travis, you know about, I'm not, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but since we're talking about Andrew Jackson, you know about the Petticoat Affair? Oh, man. It's, the the name of that sounds familiar from one of my historical books. Highlight. Yeah, why don't you jump into it? Well, so well, there's a great episode of this podcast early on where I cover it in detail, uh, but because it's a wild story, it's like we were calling it the, it's sort of like the Real Housewives of Pennsylvania Avenue, but in the era of Andrew Jackson, like basically, Andrew Jackson's Secretary of State, I believe it was, had a wife. Episode who, 23, by the way, Airheads, if you want to go back and listen yeah. to it. Because I'm not going to redo the whole thing now. Again, I did like 20 plus minutes on it in another episode. But basically, he had a cabinet member who had a wife who was young and pretty and impressive. And because of that, uh, his other cabinet members' wives thought she was a dumb, dumb bitch who didn't deserve to be there, right? Uh, mostly because they were jealous of her, right? She could like, she had, she could speak French and had big titties and none of that hit for them, right? So like, right. they hated her and they hated her so much that they started like, it literally brought Andrew Jackson's cabinet to its knees. Like it like shook his administration to its core because these dudes, their wives started not letting them go to like cabinet meetings or to the white house. If she was going to be around, her name was Peggy. Like, and it just, and he was like, y'all got to fucking do America stuff. I don't give a fuck. If your wife don't like her wife, we got country shit to do. And he just <laughs> couldn't get them to do it because of this like feuding. And the main woman who was running the smear campaign against Peggy, like the head bitch, John C. Calhoun's wife, Flo Ride, oh, <laughs> Flo Ride <shit>. Calhoun. <laughs> oh, shit. And Andrew Jackson and John C. Calhoun didn't like each other anyway, but this, this personal situation made it so much worse. And also, Andrew Jackson was fervently on the side of Peggy because he could see that she hadn't done nothing wrong, but that's nothing. And I said this in the first episode where I talked about this. I'm not trying to go to bat for Andrew Jackson. I'm just saying it is a generally accepted fact that Andrew Jackson was like a champion of women or a protector of women at the time, like heavily because his wife 
She had had her virtue impugned publicly. A big smear campaign was run against his wife unjustly uh, because people thought her and Andrew Jackson got married too shortly after her first husband died or something like some old 1800s bullshit. But people called Andrew Jackson's wife a slut and a whore and they drug her name through the mud and all this stuff. And because that had happened to his wife, he was like, you know, he was like, fuck that shit. I don't I don't cotton to that sort of thing. So he was like on Peggy's side telling his other bitches to calm down, but they wouldn't do it. The main one in charge was John C. Calhoun's wife. That led to Calhoun and Andrew Jackson button heads even further. The other thing I'll say about Andrew Jackson is in the middle of this is when that whole like nullification crisis thing happened, which John C. Calhoun was like spearheading, which is basically like, this is the first time the southern states started getting on their bullshit about like states' mm-hmm. rights. Where they were like, it's what Texas is doing right now, right, right now. It was like, but right. they, they were basically saying like, well, we're states, we can do what we want. We don't have to listen to what you say. And Andrew Jackson was like. Yes, the fuck you do, uh, because I, we're I'm the federal government, and that's how this shit works. And uh, he got him in line. That's the other thing about Andrew Jackson. He fervently was in favor of like preserving the union and you know keeping keeping the southern states in check and and you know trying to prevent all the bullshit that would later occur. Um, but anyway, a lot of that shit, a lot of the <laughs> stuff that led to the Civil War, you can draw a direct line back to this interpersonal conflict between the wives of Andrew Jackson's cabinet members, which is now known as the, uh, the petticoat affair. So wow. it's a fascinating story. Uh, but also Andrew Jackson, after he got elected, after he got elected, he won his mm-hmm. supporters stormed the white house, right? And had a party. And like broke in and, and trashed the place having a party and shit. Yeah. Um, so that's another fun fact that and and the the cheese yeah then the ones everybody knows about him a guy tried to assassinate him the gun jam so andrew jackson started beating him with a fucking stick and then the secret service had to save the assassin from the president (laughs) because the president was going to murder him on the steps of the capitol building or whatever so wild son of a bitch andrew jackson but yeah trail of tears that don't hit for me genocide don't hit for me and now Uh, and nowadays the people uh airbrush donald trump into rambo Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Anyway, so not, Joe, not, I'm not in, not implying that Andrew Jackson hits. He was a piece of shit. However, he was he did one walk, with walk. whom you did not fuck. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Uh Joe, you got where where you want to take it now? Um <laughs> so Trey has made fun of me uh for years. Uh, our entire friendship really. Uh, yeah. about a lot of things. My weight, uh my brain. Uh, my style of clothes, your baldness, uh, my baldness, my taste in women. Yeah, go on. Anything else? Yeah, uh, the way you eat nothing but pancakes for days at a time. Sometimes, yep. uh, yeah. How Anything much else? you? Uh, how you make things your entire personality when you decide to hit for you for a while? Right. Uh, how defensive <laughs> I am? How defensive you are? How sensitive you are? How uh, drunk you get without realizing how drunk you are? Uh, okay. How you furious you get at people when you're drunk on social media, yep. how you yep. uh, just lay all your cards on the table and show your whole ass when somebody don't hit for you because they imply that you don't hit for them. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good enough. Well, that's a good enough list for now. Anyway. Okay, fair. I was really <laughs> expecting something to come out that I hadn't heard, but I just realized you've really, I mean, like, what haven't you said? You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, one of those one of those is that uh, I'm not I'm definitely not like a complete deep state conspiracy motherfucker like a lot of people are on Reddit. However, 
I'm, you know, pretty big into the whole JFK thing. Um, Mm, Yeah, JFK. Because I, like, you just can't, I mean, dude, and regardless of what all I've read about it, like, just from the jump, like, base level knowledge, I, I just, I just could never buy that it was just Lee Harvey Oswald alone. I never could buy it. And then the more that I've read about it, the more that it just fucking makes sense. Like the first time that I ever saw anyone explain like, dude, if you just look at like the actual like back into the left shit, it couldn't have been. And then when I hear and this is as a kid, they were like Jack Ruby and this all this shit. I was like, okay, okay, hold on just a second. JFK, who was in bed with the mob, right? Um, Literally. This guy shoots him. And then Jack, then then Jack Ruby, who is a mob guy, he just loves JFK so much that he couldn't wait for Lee Harvey Oswald to get tried that he had to shoot him. And so he he decided that he would rather go to jail for the rest of his life instead of what clearly was happening was that he was silencing him. I can't buy it. So I want to know. A, you probably have some fun facts, fun about JFK that I don't that I don't know. And B, your thoughts on how many shooters there were at the Grassy Knoll. Woo! Well, I just want to say everyone's yeah, here been we telling go, can me, of worms. Yeah, uh, Rob Reiner apparently has done a, a what about what happened to JFK? What really happened to JFK podcast? And everyone has been sending. That to me right now, and I have not listened Rob to Rob Reiner it. has a JFK yeah. podcast, yeah, specifically. And I, I can't excuse tell you, me while I family download. members, friends, everyone's been sending me this thing, so apparently it's very good. But you're absolutely right, Corey. In 2003, uh, 40th anniversary of the JFK assassination, that is when I accidentally left on History Channel in my dorm room because we got free cable and I left it on just all the time, and I just got sucked in to these JFK conspiracy theories. 2003, right? This is Two years after 9-11, so, you know, already you got our generation dealing with 9-11 conspiracy theories, and then all of a sudden I am being presented with the original government cover-up assassination. You know, up until that point, all I ever thought was JFK. He was a good guy. He was a young president, cut down in his prime. And then when you start to learn absolutely about all the facts from the mob to the CIA, the fact that uh, not just... The mob, I mean, think about it. The CIA, Corey, and you know about this. The CIA had screwed up the Bay of Pigs so bad in, in 1962 that JFK right. was determined to smash the organization into a thousand pieces and cast it into the wind. His words. And the head of the CIA was a man named Alan Dulles, whose brother, John Foster Dulles, had just been Secretary of State under Eisenhower. They were Wall Street guys who had immense military backing essentially through their 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 positions of power in the Sec- Secretary of State's office and the CIA and Dulles ends up getting fired from the CIA by John F Kennedy and again John F Kennedy has no desire for this this agency to even continue anymore and that is where people really start to point to all the connections and then you had the FBI J Edgar Hoover who hated JFK and also was working directly under Robert Kennedy, who was JFK's attorney general, and J. Edgar Hoover Dude, hated Hoover, the Hoover was such a fucking bag of dog shit, man. Yeah, like, dude. It is, it is insane how when I was a kid, like, 
the FBI, like everything I heard about the FBI, like in my school books was just like the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the government's right. number one police. They're out to blah, blah, blah. The FBI did this. And then like, you know, the, uh, immediately when I start doing my own research and learning all these things, it's like the FBI was secretly trying to get Martin Luther King to kill himself and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And by the way, none of this stuff is conspiracy shit. These files have been leaked. This is real stuff. And now all of that stuff, which is just evidence that was classified for a long time that is now public knowledge and stuff is considered woke and not supposed to be learned <laughs> by anybody. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. No, the FBI is a crazy, you know, they started as a way to to fight organized crime, right? In the age of prohibition, right. the FBI was meant to yep. just regulate interstate commerce, right? They, that's what they were doing, if, trying to stop the booze trade, essentially. And then when booze became legal again, all of a sudden they had all these allies and all this power within organized crime. So you're absolutely right. And that is this weird. Which this, was fucking Robert, which was fucking Robert Kennedy Sr.'s goddamn business. Yes, well, uh, uh, yes, uh, Joseph, Joseph Kennedy, absolutely, running booze. Joseph and then Kennedy, he, Joseph Kennedy, my bad. And then he was ambassador to England during uh, FDR, FDR, uh, because Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy was so powerful in the Democrat communities, FDR made Joseph Kennedy ambassador to England, and then that's when Joseph Kennedy was like, yeah, this Hitler guy, yeah, you know, go easy on him. And it was like, all right, Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy, yeah. you know. So anyway, so yes, all of this adds to a very toxic combination into a city called Dallas, Texas, which at that time was notorious for being run by mobsters. It was the Vegas before Vegas was Vegas. In fact, fun fact, I know we're talking presidents, but you know I love throwing in some movie facts. But uh, in the movie Dr. Strangelove, which was supposed to actually be released, the premiere was on November 26, 1963, and I saw this at a Stanley Kubrick art exhibit. He had his premiere ticket, and in big red letters, he wrote, premiere canceled, day Kennedy was shot. And then they had to go in and actually dub over a line that Slim Pickens says uh, when they're going through all the things in their in their uh, their rations that they're, they're supposed to survive on. And, you know, it's a lot of condoms, prophylactics, uh, chewing gum, things like that. And Slim Pickens says a line. He says, shoot, a fellow could have a good time in Vegas with all this. But he watched his lips very carefully. They actually dubbed over Vegas. Uh, the original line was, shoot, a fellow could have a good time in Dallas with all this. Because Dallas in the 60s was that mob Vegas-like city run by the mob. Jack Ruby was a notorious owner of one of the mob clubs. So you're absolutely right, Corey, for a notorious person, a famous local person to commit that crime against Lee Harvey Oswald, who had CIA ties. And then you add in the FBI, the military industrial complex, and the fact that Lyndon Johnson didn't even like the Kennedys. And if, you know, something happened to Kennedy, Johnson, all of a sudden becomes president and this thing happens in his home state. Woo, that is a toxic cocktail, my friend. Hold on. Do you mean Slim Pickens, the actual ranch hand who ended up playing the cowboy in uh, Blazing Saddles? Yes. He was also in Dr. Strangelove. He plays General Kong. Yeah, he's, I did the not. Fellow, he's the fellow who rides the bomb all that the way down. He rides the bomb at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah hooting and hollering the whole hat. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never seen Doctor Strange. He's arguably, so I would say more, more. He's more famous that, for that as that than. Uh, yeah, I've never seen Doctor Strange Love, so oh, got to check well, that Corey, out. We got next time we do our movie dates. I know we we watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on my birthday. Thank you so much. Um, we got to do Strange Love, and we can watch it. It's one of well, the funniest. Can we do a double feature? Ever. 
Yeah, we could do a double feature. And, you know, as long as you it's don't always mind, been, I'll, I'll talk to you the whole movie. It's always been on my list. I just never checked it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't mind you. Let's sleep in the same bed. We've done that before, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, dude. We will cuddle, and I will I will talk during the entire Kubrick. I mean, it's one of the best dark comedies of all time. And it literally, um, you know, they, they almost got dismissed um, critically because it, it ended up coming out so soon after the, the Kennedy assassination. I mean, that's what's so wild about it, that so much of that comedy rooted in a, a uh, you know, a, a, a nuclear cold war that we were having at that time. All of a sudden it, it was like too real. And I think it only got a few Oscars nominations, uh, mainly for a Peter Sellers and his brilliant, brilliant uh, portrayal of three different characters within the same movie. Well, while we we've been talking about the, uh, you know, the Kennedy thing or whatever, and, um, you know, we're kind of in that conspiracy world or whatever, you know, during the uh, the Trump, the January 6th or whatever, while that was going on, a lot of people started talking about Watergate again. The White House plumbers came out and mm. comparisons were made between his administration and the Nixon administration. You had people talking about Roger Stone, who had been integral in both or whatever, with your knowledge of the presidency or whatever, do you feel like uh, January 6th sort of makes Watergate look like a Disney movie or what? <laughs> uh, if you Do you know what I mean? Like if you could yeah. like sort of with your knowledge compare and contrast the two, where do you think, what do you think January 6th makes? Because this is normally not a political show, but we're talking about president shit. Like in hindsight, where does Watergate sort of stack up for you now? And if you could talk about Watergate with your presidential fun facts, could you sort of give us your Irvine tubularness over it? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, there's not too much tubular shit about January 6th, but the fun stuff with Watergate. It is when you talk about it. Yeah. You know, just... Waylon Jennings always said, they, they always said, uh, Waylon, what makes a country song? And he said, if I sing it, it's country. And I think Boom. if you talk about something, it's tubular. <laughs> Well, let's make Watergate tubular first. Everyone always said it was it was a bunch of not so smart guys and things got out of hand. That's like the general assessment about Watergate. Because yeah, uh Nixon basically within his administration had this this squad that would go through and you know how Watergate all got started. As long as we're talking about presidential shit and biggest presidential scandals. Well, it was four break-ins before the successful one, correct? Yeah, it was just and all it was was digging up dirt on the Democrat nominees, you know, in this case, I believe it was the, the vice presidential candidates uh, um, who was, was serving under the George McGovern 70, 1972 ticket. And they just got his like psychiatrist records and ended up being successful, successful political hit because they found out this guy had serious psych, uh, uh, psychiatry problems and had been getting treated for it. And I think getting electro uh, therapy, electroshock therapy and things like that. And George McGovern actually had to drop the guy from the ticket. So Nixon cruises to re-election in 72, but based on the burglars getting caught in that one psychiatrist's office there, right across the street from Watergate, right, uh, at the Howard Johnson Hotel, which is all still there. Next time we're on D.C., we can go look at it. And so that is what caused that whole thing. And then things spiraled out of control from there when they realized these plumbers had actual connections to the Nixon administration. And then did Nixon know about it or not? And then it's like, oh, Nixon's been recording himself the entire time he's been president. So, you know, that uh, Watergate has more of a, a paper trail and an audio trail. And there's so many trails. And I think the tragic thing here, getting to January 6th, 
is that so many of the perpetrators here on January 6th, including Donald Trump, obviously, but also I think members of Congress, right? They have all these reports of Boebert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, your your congresswoman, Corey, giving tours to a lot of these January 6th Taylor Greene. <laughs> Mar- Margarine Tater Sauce Green. That's what I like to call her. Yeah. They were giving tours, tours to these uh, January 6th folks on January 5th, right? Their first day in Congress. And I just, I think the tragic thing here is that unlike Watergate, where everyone seemed to get in trouble all the way down the line, all the way up to the president, January 6th just doesn't have that paper trail or audio trail. If it does exist, it's almost like nobody cares. These Congress people and Donald Trump are all about to get away with insurrection, which, as we know from the Andrew Johnson days, that's not supposed to happen anymore. Right. And uh, one was violent. Exactly, uh, yeah. So, a couple of things. Uh, biggest dick on a president, Lyndon Johnson. Um, you know? <laughs> you can't make, yeah. He was famous for famous for pulling his out, right? He liked to pull his dick out, show people. He liked to take shits in front of people. Wild son of a bitch. Where do you... Where, LBJ yeah. got the Civil Rights Act passed, uh, all, you know, but also Vietnam and his dick and stuff, and... Wild, then, interesting character, I feel like. Would you give us a yeah. quick overview of LBJ, how people should feel about him? Oh, very, very powerful congressman. Worked his way up to being a powerful senator. Basically bullied his way onto the Kennedy ticket of 1960. And then, like we just talked about, you know, a lot of suspicious ties, right, to all the other entities uh, in the U.S. government uh, and to Texas who would definitely want Johnson to be president and not Kennedy. So very controversial, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why we call it the Johnson is because he had a huge dick and he it was a negotiating tactic, right? He'd have a senator. He, he needed a right. senator's vote. He'd be like, come with me to the bathroom and then pull out this huge dong dong, you know, take a piss in front of the guy. Yeah. And he had the lean in talking. There's a lot of pictures of Nick Lyndon Johnson just leaning in, talking right into the, right. the face of some small, you know, he was a tall guy and he would just tower over people. And, you know, but that was the Texas touch, baby. Lyndon Johnson, you're right. He wouldn't have gotten half the things he got done from in 64, 65, all the way till he left office in 68 uh, if he wasn't such an intimidating figure. Oh, I got one. And and for the record, um, I don't know your complete sexuality. I know at least a partial preference. And let me say that I don't mean getting fucked by. I mean fucking. And political preference aside, but if gun to your head... <laughs> You had to fuck a president like they were like, you got to fuck a president or we're going to kill you of all the 46 (laughs) presidents. Which president are you fucking? Oh, boy. I'm going Taft for the record. Fat Taft. Yeah. Fat Taft. Cushion for the pushing. Hell yeah. Big ass. Put it, you know, as long as it had fuck that fat ass. BBW. (laughs) Right. Big, beautiful William. I mean, you know, I mean, I (laughs) I guess if if that is for myself. That's the question. That's the question. I mean, let's go. Let's go. William Henry Harrison, yeah. old, old ass, dead in 30 days president. The, you know, because that's just going to be short and sweet. We're talking okay. about it's going to be short and sweet, just like his presidency. In their prime. Yeah, like, in their prime, you know, for sure. I think I'm probably going with Bill Clinton, dog. He knows how to treat a guy. Oh, that's you know what true. I'm like, uh, yeah. the only, the only president that oh, we so you're know. letting him do the work. No, no I'm, I'm just about, saying. You're talking about fucking their butt, right? I'm just saying their butt. He's like, <laughs> He knows his way around dicks right. and butts and holes and stuff. He's, yeah. you know, he's a nasty motherfucker. I feel like now, he probably. Now I will you, say, I bet you W would throw it back on it. 
<laughs> or, or don't forget yeah. Obama. Come on, you know Obama's got to have a big old hog, folks. I mean, I thought about Obama, but that's Obama's too stiff. Thing. He'd be yeah, too stiff. I, yeah, you know, like. Uh, but speaking of presidents and fucking Travis, a little trivia for you. Uh, Grover Cleveland, he came up earlier. You know, by his uh, sex scandal. Some people think he has the worst presidential yeah. sex scandal in the history of this country. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? We know Clinton was was a a, a hound, right? And uh, John F. Kennedy yeah. certainly. I mean, never honored any faithfulness to his wife. I oh, mean, right. I mean, he of was course. he was banging his eighteen year old secretary. Choice. They would. I mean, Kennedy obviously, but then Warren G. Harding honestly had a bunch of sex scandals as well. In fact, after he died in office, they found out he had a child uh, with another woman. He had two other romantic relationships. And in terms of like presence in their prime, look at some young pictures of young Warren G. Harding, too. That dude was hot. So I totally understand. You know, he's a big newspaper guy in his little Ohio small town. So I'm sure he was king of the puss. Uh, by the way, I was very excited originally to share this podcast with my parents, but I think uh, I'll, I'll just have them listen up to this point. Uh, yeah. And, and in terms of the whole direction. thing. Yeah. But, but, but you're absolutely right. I can send uh, you a file but, of this cut out. Great. And let's not forget John Tyler, although he was technically having sex with his many wives. Um, but yeah, old guys come yeah. all over. Yeah, all but Grover over Cleveland, flag. he like, he's like, Grover Cleveland like raped a lady and got her pregnant and then made, stole that baby away from her and put it in an orphanage so people wouldn't find out. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. That's pretty hard. That was one of the, uh, not campaign ads, but a campaign cartoon was ma ma where's my paw going to the white house ha 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 and that was like a campaign slogan <laughs> by cleveland's opponents saying like yo this guy has this baby and, and everything you just listed out but that was you know it was before campaign commercials and campaign uh uh what jingles or anything but that was it ma ma where's my paw going to the white house ha yeah. ha a fun fact about Gro well that, that was not a fun fact but this is fun. more of a fun they're fact. all fun grover cleveland <laughs> Grover Cleveland, uh, he had other kids that he actually loved and treated like humans and didn't throw in the trash uh, because, you know, of his indiscretions. And one of them was a girl named Ruth or Ruthie. And she was like a baby, a little baby Ruth, baby toddler. Yeah, baby Ruth when he was president and was like, for some reason, people were fascinated with baby Ruth. America was captivated by the president's young daughter, baby Ruth, but he hit her from the Hit her from the press and pictures, which only made people more curious, whatever. She later died of diphtheria, as they were wont to do back then at the age of like 13. But this was in like the late 1800s, right? It was a thing in the American conscious for a while. People talked about baby Ruth, Grover, Grover Cleveland's young daughter. But then 30 years later, a new candy bar comes out, right? <laughs> this is in 1921 at the height of Babe Ruth's mm. baseball dominance and Michael Jordan's sports star status. Yeah. And they named this candy bar Baby Ruth, right? And Babe Ruth takes him to court over it because he's like, you can't just name something my name. And they're like, well, it ain't. We're not naming it after you. We're not, yeah. You remember 30 years ago in the papers, that kid that everyone speculated about, but no one ever saw, and she's been dead for 20 years and whatever. A total historical footnote. That's who we're naming this after is baby Ruth. And they won. That got upheld. And I, maybe that is true, but I just don't buy it's that. It's crazy. Like, baby I, Ruth like, had a shit lawyer. 
I'm saying, dude, it like, or maybe that was their plan from the beginning. Was they right. were like, they thought we're about capitalize it. on Babe Ruth, but you know what we'll say? We'll say yeah. we're naming it after Babe. You guys remember Baby Ruth when we were kids, Cleveland's daughter, or whatever? Like, dude, I think they had to have thought that. Yeah, because like, like whoever it was had to have remembered Baby Ruth. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, I thought that was neat. Uh, that is fucking neat. Can you see in here, Travis, Joe? Cause I, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's frozen to shit. Yeah, he's frozen um, for me too. Okay, he's frozen to he's shit, but it's totally okay. Um, Trey, real quick, while Travis is gone, fuck Mary, kill Reagan, Bush, Jimmy Carter. Uh, okay, Reagan, Bush, Reagan, W. Bush, W. Bush, Reagan, George yeah. Bush. Uh, fuck George W. Bush, marry Jimmy Carter, kill Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only answer for yeah, sure. Right, dude. You gotta, it, yeah. you gotta fuck. Like yeah, that's a good time. Parties, Jimmy Carter's <laughs> a good man. You know, he'll take yeah. care of you or whatever. And Ronald Reagan can go to hell, <laughs> dude. Not, not to, not to speak ill of the visibly almost dead. Mm -hmm. Um, but dude, like me and uh, I can't remember who it was I was talking to the other day. Oh, it was my, it was my godfather. And uh, I was asking him how he felt, and he was like, ah, you know, I have, my hip's hurt and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it beats the alternative. You know, talking, that's what old people say when it's like, oh, it beats the alternative of being dead. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know if that's the truth. You know, sometimes being dead, that, that might hit, you know. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, have you seen pictures of Jimmy Carter lately? And he's like, right. yeah, man, like, that's rough, like. You know, give it up to Jimmy Carter. He's, you know, the pride of Georgia, but like, God damn, son, like it's uh it looks like being him ain't it right now. Uh, being any centenarian ain't it. Like, you know, uh so that's 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 above octogenarian. Oh, he's a hundred and something. Is he a hundred and I think, ain't he? I guess he is. He's definitely pushing a hundred. Like he's close to a hundred if he's not look, literally. He has 100. to be, right? Yeah. Octogenarian is uh, 80s. 80s. Nonagenarian, I think, is 90s. Centenarian. I thought that was an Italian <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah. Centenarian is 100. Um, Let's see here. Septuagenarian, 70s. Uh, anyway. Jimmy Carter. Give me a fucking age, dog. 99. Yeah, I knew it was close. What a bitch. Uh, you know, and his wife died like earlier in like in the past year or so. Right. And I feel like yeah. everybody on earth just assumed, like, well, that's it for him. He'll be curtains within a week and he's still hanging around for some reason. OK. All right. Airhead. So as you probably can tell, we had some technical difficulties just now. We lost Travis to the ether. He vanished in an ethereal flame into the nethers of the digital universe. We don't know what happened. But I'm sure he's fine. It's a, it's a shame because it was going well. Uh, I was I had many more presidential questions I wanted to ask him. So maybe we'll have him on again in the future. I didn't. I thought we'd that conversation blazed by for me. We barely I thought I'd tell him to name the presidents and that would take eight minutes. Then we'd spend the rest of the time talking <laughs> about various presidents throughout the whole thing. And then fucking 50 minutes later. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this President's Day edition of putting on airs. We may in the future again revisit travis who is now the poa presidential correspondent but putting that aside sorry about the anticlimactic way in which travis's interview ended but now we're gonna move on we got a big announcement for y'all listen this next week this episode you're listening to right now you may have noticed is episode 99 that means next week is episode count it up do the math get out your whiteboard put on your lab coat 100 next week is episode 100 
We asked Airhead Nation, uh, what do y'all think we should do? We got a lot of suggestions. Do a live show. Now, as somebody who has a live podcast that I do every week already, be careful what you wish for. I think it could hit. I know that oftentimes me and Mark are like, what the hell is happening right now? Because when <laughs> things are live, there's no editing. There's no, so anyway, but maybe that's what y'all want. Maybe y'all are agents of chaos and you want that. And that's I fine. Believe they are. Since you want it, we're going to give it to you. Next week will be aired streamed, whatever you want to call it, live on Wednesday, February 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're mountain or central, do your own math. And of <laughs> course, if you can't make that, the episode will still be available the same way every other episode As is available normal. from then on. It's just that we will do it live, which means if you get on there live, we can take questions and stuff. We can do interactive things of that nature. So check it out and just Follow us, follow the show, and you'll see. We'll, we'll do it from my pages. We'll do it from the POA channel. We'll do it. What, yeah, it'll be at watchpoa.com. You can get it live. That's our YouTube channel, and it'll be on Trey's uh, social pages. So it's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Um, it will probably be calamity, if I had to guess. I mean, Trey, you've been doing SKUs for years, and it's still calamity every week, if I had to guess, correct? Not every single week, but producer Matt ensures that calamity reigns supreme. But, uh, yeah, I shouldn't put it all on him. But we've had, there's been times, one time there was a little ex literal explosion outside my window and the power went out for three blocks. And so the show was just over. Like shit like that can happen. But, you know, 98% of the SKUs we've done have been totally fine as, right. as far as that type of thing goes. We've only had catastrophe like a handful right. of times. So should be fine. Speaking of which, we probably need to get on the horn with producer Matt and see if we can't hire his ass. Uh, so, yeah, next week, uh, 7 Eastern, Wednesday, watchpoa.com, 100th episode of POA. Thank you all so much for fucking sticking with us this long. Trey, I have some airmail. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. All right. Subject line, uh, Steve McNair and the Q's. Gentlemen. Being pretty fucking sure that I'm the sole airhead in this that's also a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, let me weigh in on your latest episode mentioning Steve McNair. I'm uh -huh. sure it won't surprise you to learn that you guys were, capital letters, wrong. Imitating oh, wow. our hand gesture, a.k.a. throwing up the hooks, don't hit for us. But you were I, not the... Okay. I thought I said were, that I assumed that. You you did say you did say that I'm the one because I was I, embarrassed of it. That was my whole yeah, point was I was retroactively let, embarrassed of having done that without knowing what it was. Let me let me read the email and then I'll give my slight defense. Okay. Um, AKA throwing up the hooks don't hit for us, but you were not the only ones to get it wrong. Seeing prominent members like Shaq, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, and Ray Lewis celebrate that way caused us to admonish many athletes, including Kobe Bryant, uh, then only in high school. That being said, Cho, you're on my golf foursome bucket list. You should absolutely start a golf vlog. It'd be hilarious. I'm in Atlanta, and I suck at golf, too, so let's tee it up. Skew! Signed, Super Q. P.S. I've been trying to find an episode, maybe well-read, about, uh, about trains where Trey blurts out, I'm not talking about eating hobo ass all willy-nilly. <laughs> Any idea on which one it is? No, but I do, like, I, it's funny because I remember, like, 
I had, it may have been, I brought up this bit that I had tried to do or talking about how the past hit or something. I used to have this thing. Here's a statement there, by the way, since rest in peace. Hell yeah. Always with us. I got you that. Yeah. Yeah. It hits. Uh, um, and it was something about train people talking about, people romanticizing the past. And I used to have a part in there where it's like everybody loves trains now or whatever. And it's like you wouldn't love trains if you got raped in a boxcar because you heard there might be work in Cincinnati or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's how trains used to work and talking about and that probably led to eating hobo ass willy nilly. I don't know. Uh, I remember that being a thing with me, but I couldn't even begin to tell you what episode. Um, my defense, my defense of what I said was, I think what I said was, us doing it now, I bet don't hit. But what I said was when we were kids, like when I was in middle school, we were doing it because of Steve McNair. And I thought, well, surely they didn't give a shit if middle school us was doing it. You know what I mean? Because that kind of seems cool. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're so hardcore that even middle school kids doing it didn't hit for them. But that was that was what I meant. You know what I mean? And I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Hey, honestly, though, like. I thought that it was going to be a uh, fuck you white boys. You're not supposed to be doing that, but it, yeah. they didn't even like it when Kobe Bryant did it. So it's not that it's purely a Greek thing. Yeah. Well, you know, as somebody who, as you know, was in a fraternity, uh, which I was, that that's why last week, that's why I was saying when I found that out, that's why immediately I was like, Oh God, I bet I was yeah, right. Because I know how that shit works. That you know, those traditions and stuff, it's supposed to be, you know, you don't do it unless you're, unless you're in or whatever. And not, we, we didn't mind. We don't have any cool, ass, you know, cause we're crackers. We don't have any cool ass hand signals or nothing, but uh, anyway, go ahead. Oh, and, and furthermore, super Q, if you're in Atlanta and I'm in your bucket list foursome, buddy, send me another email. I'm in, let's play some fucking golf. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, subject line, more on crazy Bobby Fisher. So glad y'all brought this crazy motherfucker up. I've been, a, I've been a chess fan for a long time, even though I suck at it. I try to play at least three games a day and maintain a thousand ELO chess rating based on every game you play, which isn't bad for a dumbass from Cedartown, Georgia. I've never yeah. heard of Cedar. No, maybe I have heard of Cedartown, Georgia. You didn't fucking but, sell motorcycles for a summer there or something like that? Sure did. Playing a lady that owned a donut cart in the, on the square or something? You make me sound so much cooler. breed ferrets uh, <laughs> with a drunken Vietnam vet. <laughs> met at the VFW doing a show or something. Anyway, that's usually what happens when Georgia towns get brought up. As such an anecdote follows. I think that I'm pretty sure that that thousand ELO, I don't know much about it at all, but I think that's pretty good. I think this yeah. person might be underselling it a little bit because I saw somebody get brought up on Reddit the other day, a famous person who plays chess. It might've been Wimby or somebody. It's like an athlete. I can't remember who. And some some other nerd was like, yeah, he plays chess, but he's not that good at it. And I feel like somebody said, oh, is ELO 1700? That's pretty damn good for, a, you know, for just a normie or whatnot. So yeah. a thousand, I'm pretty sure it's pretty good. But I don't know how any of it works. Anyway, good for them. Well, Go as ahead. they said, it's not bad for a dumbass from Cedartown. Uh, right. Bobby was insane. The 1972 World Championship was full of his crazy demands. First, he didn't like the board that they had been custom built for the event and had taken months to make. He made them make a whole new marble chess board. Second, he didn't like his chair and made them get a new one shipped in from a company here in the States. 
The match took place in Iceland. Third, when game one started, he wasn't there. Spassky played his first move. Then, like 10-plus minutes later, Fisher arrived and complained until the time was added back to his clock. <laughs> Jesus. The matches were televised, and Bobby wouldn't stop complaining about the sound the equipment made. He complained about everything. Sh- he complained about everything, showed up late several more times. He asked for draws in situation he should have lost. He sp- he and Spassky uh, being so fed up with his bullshit. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he should have lost. He and Spassky being so fed up with his bullshit. The match ended after game 21 when Spassky resigned by phone and refused to come to the game hall to congratulate Fisher. All in all, Bobby broke Spassky down mentally over the course of 21 games. According to friends of Spassky, it took him months to recover from the trauma of dealing with that dealing with Bobby caused him. Bobby was credited uh, with the win 12 and a half to eight. Thanks, Ethan Jones. Yeah. Then like 20 years later, I think I mentioned this last week, 20 years later, him and Spassky had an exhibition rematch, and it was just an exhibition, but it was so hyped up. It, the purse for the winner was like $5 million or something like that because the chess, because it was like 20 years removed and it was two legends and everything. Yeah. Fisher, I'm pretty sure, won that one too, and I think that was the last time he ever played chess in public, I think. Sounds like he, he was just, a huge dickhead. Yeah, well, again, hated the Jews, uh, despite being Jewish. So that was like his main thing outside of chess, his real passion. Last like one. Mein Kampf and uh, the Councils of the Elders of Zion or whatever that other Jew-hating book is. It's something like oh. that. Something, something, the Elders of Zion. All the greatest hits of hating Jews were in like his personal library when he died. <laughs> yeah, he was Jewish, like full Jewish. He thought his dad wasn't Jewish, but his real dad, what everybody thinks was his real dad, was also Jewish, and his mom was 100% Jewish. So, like, he was straight-up Jewish and super anti-Semitic. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just lunatic, motherfucker. I'm just trying to think of what the equivalent there could be for me to possess at my house, and there's not one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I, 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 I don't... Travis! Holy shit, he's <laughs> I'm on the phone. I came in on the phone. We've boys. already we'd already written you off, buddy. But hey, how are you? You want to plug all your stuff? <laughs> Man, well, I don't want to plug my internet, and I don't want to plug uh, my technical devices. Uh, I would love to plug Travis Irvine USA. Hit me up on all social medias. Follow me there. You can get more stupid uh, presidential facts and uh another dumbness and of course i will be at the attic comedy club all president's day weekend saturday and as well as next tuesday after you survive the wild president's weekend we're all going to be fucking william howard taft tonight baby attic comedy club where where's that at that is in columbus ohio my hometown i'll be back home in sweet sweet ohio so yeah come on down at a comedy club it's a lot of fun well, Travis, right. please stay on the horn for two seconds, A, while your uh, audio and stuff uploads, but B, I have to read this last email, Trey, because it hit for me very hard, and I know it's going to hit for one of our good buddies who is in our super secret whisper thread, uh, and you're going to love it. This subject line is asexual daddy list. Um, probably okay. don't use my name. Thought this might be a funny read. From the perspective of an asexual... Daddies are what gets your brain going, I guess. Here's my list. Number two, Rachel Maddow. Number one, <laughs> drum roll, please. Mark Agee. Mark, Mark Agee, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hell he yeah. will be thrilled and also impassive upon hearing that. Like, you of know, course he sure he's thrilled, but his face won't change. He'll give no indication whether it hits or does not hit for him. But, uh, you know, you take that as it comes with smart Mark. He is a, he does have a good brain on him now. I, I mean, it's the shit out of Mark. If yeah, I he's also that. shredded, but this person's asexual. So I'm assuming it got nothing to do with that. It's just, dude, just his smartness. And he's got a lot of it. Uh, but he's also filled with, you know, Mark, unbridled hate listen, and rage and stuff like the rest of us. But he is smart. I I am I, I have a staunch history of completely unbridled heterosexuality, except for a couple bumps in the road. Um, but which I think you know is not what unbridled means. But I but Mark is a very attractive man. He's a mm. handsome man. He's got he is a bald, but he is a hitting bald. He has a wonderfully shaped head. Uh, Mark is a Statham bald, I believe. Yeah, you know what I mean? Is, yeah. He he's looks a Statham, like Statham with his fucking, you know, when he's on the beach and shit. He's very Shredded. intelligent. Um, but he's also, because he is in the entertainment business, a sensitive man. He's someone that you can, well, I would say you can cry in front of him. Mark would definitely call you gay at yeah. least for a second. But then right. he would like, but then he would warm up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he might be like, hey. Hey, now, like he yeah. would be—he'd be weird and papawy about it. He like you were like, a golden retriever, right? Exactly. He wouldn't be like a fucking therapist or nothing. He would right. try to do something, but it would be <laughs> awkward and ineffectual, and you know, standoffish. But he would try. Right. That's what I think would happen. Well, Travis unless you were a friend of his, if it was one of us, yeah, he would just be like, "Shut up!" With <laughs> I love that you and were not his friends. Else. No, I said. I said, unless you're a friend of his, like if you're All one right. of if one of us did it. Yeah, right. Anyway, Travis, yeah, Travis, we closed it down, buddy, because we lost you. So we're getting out of here now. But I'm glad you came back because I was just thinking. I was like, ah, oh, he didn't even get a chance to plug nothing. So I'm will you come back? Will you come back on the show and talk to us more about presidents this year? Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of America holidays coming up. We got Fourth of July. You got Flag Day, <laughs> Memorial Day. You name it, I'll pop Will you come back, back on 911. 911 especially, yeah. That's my favorite. That's when I get real down. That's when I get real yeah. down just like the Twin Towers. Too soon? All right, we get it. <laughs> no, All that's right. great. Well, hey, listen, Airheads, if you will support our sponsors, which means that we will make more money, we will find it in the budget for all of us to fly out and be together and we will do a 911 live appearance special together, but you have to support <laughs> the sponsors and you have to and you have to participate in our live stream, which will be next week, Wednesday, 7 Eastern at WatchPOA.com and on all of Trey Crowder's socials. And listen to all the other podcasts we do, well-read, weekly skews with Trey and Smart Mark AG. And remember, above all, stay fancy, motherfuckers. You are... Drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs. We collected from our love of Downton Abbey. We collected, we found out we're both so fancy. Hey, what's the difference between rednecks and royal families? Only money, cause they both have sex with family. Ew. Putting on airs. What other rednecks to talk about foreign affairs? 
Laughing so hard that we end up falling out our chairs. Sir Trey, Sir Corey, oh what a pair. High class topics with a redneck flair. Oh yeah. Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs. We might not know much about history, we don't care. We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts. We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sitting in our chairs, sip our tea, putting on airs. Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs. We might not know much about history, we don't care. We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts. We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip our tea, putting on airs. Okay, it's team squad or team tray. So Trey, you better count your days and you better count your blessings Cause all the squirrels that you ran over, that you think are nameless, faceless Their families are getting together and plotting on you from the attic and basement So even though Corey is dumb, fat, and bald He knows how to avoid drama, don't get squirrels involved Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs We might not know much about history, we don't care We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip our tea Get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs.